Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. This is the show for coaches, speakers, and trainers who want to grow their businesses while making a difference in the world. My name is Simone Vincenzi, and I'm your host. And uh, we are live regularly with, uh, with the episodes of the show, sometimes with solo episodes, where I share some of the behind the scene of uh, how we, the strategies that we use in GTEx, sometimes a client case study uh, to see what they are doing and what makes them successful. And other times uh, we have uh, incredible experts sharing the behind the scene, sharing their topics, their expertise uh, to help you grow your coaching, speaking or training business or helping you be more effective in your uh, practice. Uh, so if you are new to the show, welcome. Make sure you are you subscribe and uh, um, let us know as well what you think. So welcome if you're new. If you are coming back and you're listening to and you're one of our regular listeners, then thank you very much. Welcome back. Now, before I introduce our guest for today, I want to mention our um, a new release that we have. We've been working behind the scene for the past few months to um, uh, make better our webinar conversion kit to improve our webinar conversion kit and this is a kit that we have created to help you create a high converting webinar presentation that is designed to get you clients so you'll get the slide template it will help you understand the topic of your webinar the content that you're going to put in there how you're going to transition to the pitch the call to action and uh, all the email follow-up sequences that you will need to get clients from webinars. At the moment, uh, it's only $29.99, but we are going to increase the price to $300. So make sure that you get it right now. The link is in the show notes. Having said that, or you can go to webinarconversionkit.com. I'm going to say that, webinarconversionkit.com. So now it is time to introduce our guest for today, which I'm really excited about having on the show because we met on Clubhouse, which is an incredible platform. If you haven't checked out Clubhouse, make sure you do. It's an incredible platform to create conversation with other industry leaders. And throughout Clubhouse, we stumbled in rooms together and I was always impressed about the value that she was providing, in particular around the topic of performance, around the topic of success. So let me tell you a bit more about our guest today. Uh, she's the Chief Learning Officer and Assistant Professor of Education in Anesthesiology and former Assistant Dean of Mentoring and Executive Director of, Me of the Mentoring Academy at Will Cornell Medicine. She has been hailed by the journal Nature and Columbia University as an expert in mentorship and leadership development. In 2021, she was selected, listen to this, as one of 30 people worldwide to be named the Thinker 50 Radar List, which is dubbed as the Oscars of management thinking. Recently, she won the Thinker's 50 Distinguished Achievement Radar Award given to a thinker with the potential to change the world of theory and practice and cemented her place as the number one emerging management thinker in the world. She's also a semi-finalist for the Paul Forbes 50 over 50 list. In addition to publishing um, in academic journal, she's a contributor to Forbes and Psychology Today, where she writes about optimizing success. Uh, her research is about the mindset and skill set of peak performers and skill set of peak performers, including Nobel Prize winners, astronauts, and Olympic champions. Her forthcoming book, The Success Factor, will be out in January. And now 
is available for pre-sale. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please welcome on How to Achieve Success, Ruth Gautian. Dr. Ruth Gautian, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you so much. I'm so excited to finally be here together and chat and put a face with the, with the voice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we did after many conversations on Clubhouse. So I, I want to actually um, start with a recent success that you had. I know you told me before the show you were on Cloud9 for uh, this award that you won. Uh, now, tell me a bit more about uh, the award uh, and the Tinker's 50 award. And as well, what do you think made possible the fact like being recognized for, 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 for this award? It, yes, I'm, I'm still, you're going to have to peel me off the ceiling. I, I still, I, I don't really have words to describe what's going on. Thinkers 50, as, as you said in the intro, is considered the Oscars of management thinking. This is my Olympics. This is, this is where the most brilliant management thinkers get together. And they have a ranking of the top 50 management leaders, and then they have 11 distinguished achievement awards. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, they have on the off years, what they call a radar list where they announce the top 30 emerging leaders um, in the world. So I was ranked to that last year. And then in November, 2021, I found out it was a shock that I was ranked the number one emerging management thinker in the world. And it it's shocking to me. Um, and I can't really describe it. Um, but if you ask me why I think I was a contender, I don't know why I won it, why I was a contender. Why were you a contender? <laughs> I think because I'm really consistent with putting out content. And when I say really consistent, Every week, there's a new article. Mm -hmm. Sometimes um, there's more than one article a week. And it's on the same day, same time, every single week. And I bridge two worlds, right? I bridge the theoretical world of, of adult learning and leadership. But then I, you know, who wants to talk about theory all day? I mean, I do. But who else really wants to talk about? People want to know how they can apply these things in their own lives in order to improve themselves in some way. So I do that. I, I bridge it from the adult learning theory into practice with a special, um, a special place. I started my research on physicians and scientists. Now it includes the astronauts and the Nobel Prize winners to figure out what has made them so successful. And I think people really want to find out. I, I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning wanting to be average. People really want to be successful. So I think I've hit on a nerve and I'm excited that each and every week I can peel another layer and really teach other people about what it takes to be successful because it is doable. It you, really is doable. You talked about consistency being yeah. the key. You talked about consistency being the key. For how long have you been consistent in your writing? Because <laughs> you mentioned well, that you're publishing, but for, for how many years, how long is that consistency going on? I've been writing for years. I've been speaking for years but doing it consistently has been around the last two years. Mm -hmm. And that consistency, I think, is what really makes the difference because people now look forward to it. People now subscribe to read the articles. They're waiting for it to arrive in their inbox. I don't put some out on some random day and hope people will actually notice it. 
And I think that consistency and having a consistent way to amplify that message and having other people who amplify the message because it hits such an important nerve, I think all of that really helps. What inspired you to look at the topic of success and achievement? So I have been working in a field where I I was surrounded by very successful people. But I used to run what's called an MD-PhD program for the students who get both an MD and a PhD degree Mm -hmm. simultaneously, a three and a half percent acceptance rate. So these people were the creme de la creme. Wow. But even in this group, there's certain people who really rose to the top. But all of the national and global discussions were about those who were leaving that workforce. Mm -hmm. Those, you know, they worked so hard to get there and then they don't stick it out. And that's where the conversations were going. That's where the money was pouring into. And I thought those were important conversations, but I thought we were ignoring another important conversation, Mm -hmm. which was the other end of that spectrum. Those who were doing such great work that it more than made up for anybody who was leaving that workforce. So at the age of 43, while working full-time and raising a family and having elder care for my parents... I decided let's add one more thing. So you didn't have enough on your plate, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, when, when I have a question, I need to take a deep dive. So I went back to school and got my doctorate. And when I say I studied success, I literally wrote a doctoral dissertation on it. And that was when the work started with Nobel prize winners and the top physician scientists. And then over the years, it expanded to all of the other extreme high achievers, Tony winners and astronauts and CEOs and senior government officials and um, Olympic champions, all of these great people. It's fascinating that you talked about how sometimes the top performers are ignored. Yeah. Because I think that there is, uh, as part of our culture, you know, as human being, we have, uh, I think, a responsibility and as a duty, in particular, if we have um, a certain advantage in things to help others that might be struggling. But at the same time, you can really dim the light of the top performers because, you know, it's not their fault, one, if they are top performers. And what happens a lot of time, they tend to be ignored because a lot of support has been poured in to get people just to the basic standard. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. And so then when you have someone who their level just excel, chances are they can actually go like reduce their skills and their abilities because now they're, have you found that happening or have you found that? So Simone, you're right. The high achievers perform 400% more, 400% more than the average employee. But what happens? Nobody pays them any attention to the high performers. Frankly, if you're average, nobody gives you any attention. It's the low performers, those who aren't meeting the baseline that are getting all the attention. They get corrective action plans. They get sent to workshops to improve certain skills. They have somebody who checks in with them, a supervisor on a regular basis to hold them accountable. They're getting all of the attention Mm -hmm. and the high achievers, they're getting nothing. So what happens? Those high achievers who perform at 400% more than the average employee, they get frustrated and they leave. They leave the organization. So what happens is at best, you remain with average employees at best. At worst, you have the low performers. Now, if you're only surrounded by average and below average performers, what's going to happen? The bar of the organization is lowered. Mm -hmm. 
Now, on the flip side, what if we gave more attention to those high performers Mm -hmm. and really gave them everything that they need in order to excel even more? Guess what? They're going to perform at even higher levels. They're going to show loyalty to the organization. And Simone, guess who their friends are? Other high performers. So who do you think they're going to bring into the organization? So you have the ability to just create an influx of all of these high performers into your organization. And you're letting that go if you're not giving them attention. So I was looking at those people. Yeah, we were having a conversation actually about this uh, in one of our workshops because we do business building workshops. And uh, people will come in, entrepreneurs will come in for three days in our rooms. And in three days, we will create a launch and sell an offer. It's like, let's get it done for three days. And we put it out there. We create sales. And we always have uh, some people that are sometimes more struggling with the concept and putting things in place. And some people that are just flying through it. And one of the things that we realize is that uh, in our team, we're putting all our work and our effort in the people that were with the people that we were struggling and then leaving alone all the people that actually were doing really well that on, on our side, they were our best case studies That's right. on that. And so we literally had a team meeting about this and say, you know what, what behavior do we want to encourage? Right? So how can we support people? And most of the time, a high performance, I don't know if you found it out and you can expand on that. They actually need the less and holding. Like you can give yes. them the support, but anyway, if you, even if you give them more support, they need less. That's um, right. Can you expand on that? And why do you think is that? So they have this, they want to try a lot of new things because the high achievers, they fear not trying more than they fear failing. So let me say that again. They fear not trying more than they fear failing, which means you need to give them the opportunities to try things and create a safe space where they can actually do that. Because at the end of all of this, they're going to be extremely innovative. Now, nobody likes to be micromanaged. They just need some framing, some structure as what is what is to happen, what is the timeline, and then let them go. Let them go play. Because when you do that, you will see they will just perform in the highest levels. If you expect them to check in with you all the time, that's just not going to work. It's not going to work. You're not going to get good work. You're actually, they're going to get very frustrated. Now, listen to them. If you really want to improve, you'll say, Simone, I noticed that you have been doing incredible work. What more can I give you to make it easier, better, or more efficient for you to work? Maybe they'll say, I need an extra person to help me for these two weeks. Or maybe they'll say, there's a new skill I want to learn. There's a course, a workshop, a conference that I want to attend. They might say things like this. And if you give that to them, that will actually help them perform even better and retain them. And so now you can uh, keep the talent, uh, make sure yes. they perform at the highest level, and you still have a lot of resources to give to the people that need to be brought up to speed and need to perform at a higher level. You might be struggling with a thing or two. Um, yep. I, I want to go on a, on a more personal question about, uh, like in your life, like this study that you did. Because when you're studying it, uh, also I know that you're, you're not just learning the information, you're also implementing them for yourself. Yes. Uh, and uh, I'm curious to know if there is like any particular example in your personal life that comes to mind where 
you did a project or something and you felt you perform you were performing at your top what was that situation and what made that possible i'm curious to hear that so i think that's really how the book the success factor came about it's because when i realized these four elements of success that they all have i didn't just want to write about it because that's theory right and like i said i can geek out on theory most people don't I knew that I had a special skill of turning that theory into actionable steps that people could implement immediately. And people were always telling me that I had the ability to take a complex idea and spit it out in a way that people understood and actually get excited about implementing it. So as I learned these four elements from the astronauts and Nobel Prize winners and Olympians, I said, I'm going to be patient zero. I'm going to try it out on myself Mm -hmm. and see if it works. And Simone, that led to Forbes 50 over 50. That led to the radar list that led the Thinkers 50 Radar Distinguished Achievement Award. So I know it works. I know it works. But you know what? Like all of these high achievers, it's not about the award. The awards are nice. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. It's incredible recognition, but nobody stops doing their work just because they got an award. Yeah, It's about making an impact. And what they do is they use that award to leverage their impact. And I think that that's what made it so personal for me. And that's why I decided to write the success factor, because just talking about it with colleagues who understood and can geek out about theory to practice mm-hmm. is one thing, but having an impact on millions of people who want to succeed more, but don't really know how to do it. They were trying all these random things and this sort of spaghetti, you know, hitting the wall, hoping something will stick. That didn't really work anymore. So I said, I I need to try doing this. And here we are with the success factor. And and here we are with the success factor. In fact, that leads perfectly into my next question. Uh, Talking about the, you know, the spaghetti at the wall approach, Uh, You know, everyone now is an expert on success online. How many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of blogs there are on success? Someone that wakes up in the morning and says, I'm an expert in success. I can teach you how to be successful, right? So it's very difficult to understand the way you get those information from. And and I think that's also why we're grateful for your work because you can now weed out, you know, what really works from what... right. Is just something that has been read on a personal development book and now people are saying, oh, this is the thing. So what, what are those principles? What does it take to be a high achiever, a high performer? And, and this is what was the common string among all of these people, right? Among the astronauts and the Olympians and Nobel Prize winners. None of them woke up a Nobel Prize winner. They work their butt off for it. But what are, what are the four things that happen? And so I want to make it very clear. These are not habits. You cannot copy somebody else's habit, right? If I'm a morning person, do better work in the morning and you're a night owl, you're not going to wake up at 5 a.m. the way I wake up to get work done. It's not going to work for you. Mm -hmm. So we need to find not habits, but mindsets, right? And then I teach people how to develop the mindsets in their own life. So So, the first is- there, but I just want to to really point this distinction because uh, I think there is a trend of, you know, people are told- I've learned about modeling, you know, model success and what they do, they go straight into modeling the habits. Yeah. I need to wake up at 5am. I need to do this type of workout. I need to read this type of book. 
and then they create something that actually doesn't is not a fit for them for their personality so you're talking more about like mindset principle rather than habits that's right and also um and we're going to talk about it with the last one you can't if somebody is single and living alone and has a lot of available time and you are married with three kids at home and working full time you don't have the same discretionary time yep you don't so the application of these of these mindsets is very very different and we'll also we can talk about how you have to shift mindsets when you um how you need to look at these things when you have transitions in your life but let's talk about the four mm-hmm. the first one is your passion your intrinsic motivation what is it that you love to do now we talk about intrinsic motivation which means there's a question a fire in your belly something that you need to have answered right so for example if god forbid somebody in your family had cancer mm-hmm. You are intrinsically motivated to work on prevention and work on treatments for cancer because you don't want anyone else to ever suffer the way someone in your family suffered. Now, this is different from extrinsic motivation, which means you're doing the work for the promotion, the award, the recognition, the raise. That means other people are judging you. And if other people are judging you, you cannot sustain that motivation. And what will happen is you will either fail out or burn out. But you know what? If you're studying cancer and you're having a bad day, you got a flat tire, the experiments didn't work out, there was a flood, whatever it is, you're still going to wake up tomorrow and try to find a treatment for cancer because that is coming from within. And it doesn't matter if it's cancer or if it's creating webinars, or if it's balancing a budget sheet, because you know what can happen if these things don't work. So intrinsic motivation is the reason you get up in the morning and the reason you have a hard time falling asleep because you can't quiet your mind. You're always thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Number two, when you figured out what you are so passionate about, you are going to outwork everybody. I don't mean you're going to work 80 hours a week, You are going to work effectively and efficiently. You're not going to waste time. You're going to make every single minute count because you know that'll get you closer to your goal. The third one is the strong foundation, which you're constantly reinforcing. What you did early in your career is the same thing you're going to do later in your career. I don't know of a single Nobel Prize winner who stopped doing science just because they won a Nobel Prize. In fact, They even go out, some of them are teaching the same day. Some of them are writing grants and submitting them the same day. And if you look at sports, right? If you look at Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, all of them, the same drills you would see at the NBA level are the same drills you would see in in any junior high gym. They're doing the same thing. The NBA players just have better sneakers, right? (laughs) And then the last one is I don't care what award you got. I don't care what achievement you've attained. The highest achievers still learn more. They're constantly learning and they're learning through informal means. So Mark Cuban, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, they read three to eight hours a day. They're billionaires. Mm -hmm. It's not reading three to eight hours a day that made them billionaires. It's the idea of, I don't know any, I don't know everything, 
but I can learn new things and maybe I can find a way to put a twist on it. And that's my innovation. So they're reading three to eight hours, but what if you don't have three to eight hours? Now I read 70 to hundred books a year. I love reading. Not everyone does, but you can read books. You can read articles. You can read blogs. You can watch webinars. You can listen to podcasts. Hopefully we're sharing some good stuff here today. Yeah. Some money. Um, you can go on LinkedIn learning. You can go on clubhouse. There's so many ways that you can learn new things. Now you can also talk to people. And in fact, all of the extreme high achievers surrounded themselves with a team of mentors. Mm -hmm. And that is really one of the, the things that everyone can and should do because these mentors have two roles. One is to help you with your career and the other is to help you with the psychosocial support when you're having a bad day, when things aren't working out, right? That's, that's the way you're going to succeed if you do all four of these things. But here's the key. You have to do all four in unison. You can't say today, I'm doing this tomorrow. I'm doing that. You have to have a singular focus, work on all four together. But if you are going to start with one, start by figuring out your passion, what it is that you love to do. And then figure out a way that you can commercialize it and make it part of your, your job. I love it. You love it. Right? I, I absolutely love what you share. So we have uh, like a few, uh, four points. Uh, one is the intrinsic motivation, which is the mm-hmm. starting point. That's why we want mm-hmm. to start from finding the passion because that's mm-hmm. where intrinsic motivation comes from. And yep. um, then uh, um, make your time counts. That's you know, right, right. I'm talking about outworking. Everyone is not just outworking in terms of hours. Yeah. What are you going to do with those hours? And yeah. how can you make that time count that you have? Repeat the same foundation over and over again, because yeah. that's what's going to lead to the long to the longevity. Um, thinking right. about your award, you've been writing regularly for years, and the skills that you got there, what the the time that you spend made you a better writer. A faster writer, a more comprehensive writer. Yeah. And and then keep learning. Whatever is your learning style, whether it's through a conversation, whether it's through this podcast, subscribe, or <laughs> whether it's through a book. Uh, when you, so you, your book is coming out, so people need to get it. The link is in the show notes. And then surround yourself with mentors. That's the what brings almost like everything together. That's right. And, but one of the things to realize with all of this, and this is what I talk about in the success factor, I'm an adult educator. So great. I just gave you four principles. I would not be an adult educator if I didn't teach you how to implement these things, how to find your passion, how to get a singular focus, how to develop your work ethic, how to build a strong foundation, how to find mentors, where to look for them. What are the different ways that you can learn? So that's what I, the whole last third section of the book of the success factor talks about how to implement these things and what you need to understand. And I tell people, this is a book you're going to have by your nightstand because Simone, what works for you may not work for me because Mm -hmm. we're different and we learn in different ways. And what works for me today may not work for me when I have my next transition, Uh, another child, a move, a new job, whatever, a pandemic, right? Whatever that transition is, that's a great time to reevaluate and say, this worked for me up until this point. I now need a new strategy. So there's actually a buffet of options that you can pick from for each of the four. 
I would love to ask you actually, build on building on that, uh, if you can give a personal example of a strategy that used to work for you before, but is not working for you right now. Yeah. And, and so, what you replaced it with. Yeah, sure. So I write a lot and I'm an early riser. And what I had realized was that I would sit there and write for hours and hours and hours and hours. And what happened was the last few hours were not even remotely productive compared to the early hours. And this became very apparent during the pandemic when I didn't have the commute at the early hours, uh, the early um, weeks of the pandemic. So I shifted my schedule around, Mm -hmm. which meant that in the morning when I was more focused is when I would do my cognitive heavy roles, my writing, my editing, things like that, things that took a lot more focus. And I left my passive tasks, the Zoom meetings, the email responses for the afternoon, because that doesn't require as heavy thinking. But then I took it a step further. And I realized that if I work and write for three hours straight, hour three is gobbledygook compared to the hour one. So you're Italian, you might know of the Pomodoro technique. Yeah which is you write in sprints or you work in sprints, right? So for me, it's writing, but it could be anything, right? It could be creating social media content. It could be anything. So I, I would work for 25 minutes, take a five minute break, another 25 minutes, another five minute break. And after several Pomodoros, you take a longer half an hour break. Mm -hmm. Now, what I had quickly realized and when you're, you're doing these sprints, you shut off all notifications, right? Social media, email, everything. So you're super focused. What I quickly realized was that 25 minutes was not enough for me. I needed more. I needed 35 to 40. So I adjusted it. Yeah. And that's what I do now. And now it has to be a pretty big deal if I'm going to do a Zoom in the morning. There has to be a really good reason because I don't want to waste one minute of those real big cognitive hours. So... That's how I shifted. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it. Even like the adjustment of the Pomodoro part, because I can resonate with that. I've tried 25 minutes. Doesn't work. It doesn't work because uh, I get uh, like by the time I start in the 25 minutes, I'm still in flow. I'm still in total flow. Um, I generally have my Pomodoro, it lasts up 45 minutes. Uh, And then I need a break 45 to 50 minutes and then take a a slightly longer break. Take like a 10 minute break. Perfect. And then go and out what I found. And, and you know, what was, um, um, I was reflecting on your comments around the foundation, the foundation piece. You mentioned some of my idols. I play basketball. You mentioned Kobe. You mentioned Jordan. Uh, basketball is a big part of my life. And uh, I started really playing basketball when I was 28. And I'm pretty short. Like I'm short, short, short. So it's not that God gifted me with some t- extra talents uh, where I could leverage uh, to play that sport. But one of the things that, because of my, of my size, one of the things that you develop is becoming a, a, a shooter. Otherwise, you don't have a place in the team. If, you, if you're small and you can't shoot. If you're small, you can, you can stay outside the three-point line and you can shoot. And I'm looking at the drills and what actually gets me to go into rhythm. Because I started when I was 28. I'm 33. So I've been playing for five years. And uh, I play in the, in the second division in the National League now in the UK. And uh, at 28, I 
could barely bounce the ball. Like <laughs> that, I, I was that bad. But what I did, I started taking a lot of shots. And my routine is always a 50 made shots within the painted area. Then another 20 made shots outside the painted area. And then only at that point, I'm going outside the three-point line to shoot. And what I see that if I don't do this routine in this way, my three-point shooting percentages drop dramatically because my muscles are not worked up, my vision, my my, my wrist, which is a big part of the dynamic of shooting, like the sensitivity that you have with the ball is not there. And so I always need to have uh, before every game or uh, before training, if I can get those 40 minutes before where I can get into it, then I'm a machine. I don't do that. Performance drops. So it's those kind of things in terms of the routines that you're building and the 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 sequences in which also you do them. And so it's been it's been interesting thinking about that while you, you were talking. You know what? And you're going to love it. now that I know that you're a big basketball fan. There's actually two big basketball stars in the book. Um, and you might know Steve Kerr, who's a eight time NBA champion of course, and uh, is there, coach is of the Warriors of the Warriors right now with the one yeah. three championships, I think with the Warriors. He's profiled in the book as well. Uh, I got, I got to read it. You gotta say, so, uh, the success factor. So make sure you check it out. It is, uh, uh, the link is in the show notes to pre-order the book. Uh, now I want to go into the last part of this interview where it's called Lifting the Veil. We're asking you to share a tool, a strategy, a book, uh, an app, something that you found recently that you said, oh my God, this is so awesome. People need to know about that. What is that for you? So um, I know a lot of authors. I, you heard that I read a lot right? 70 to 100 books a year. And I want to tell you about um, one of the books that I recently read, which I loved, and I had a conversation with the author about it as well. The author is Dory Clark. This is her fourth book, and it's called The Long Game. And it really talks about strategic patience. You cannot have this instant gratification that we're so used to, because that's just not going to happen. It's not going to lead to the big success. You have to have things build on each other. And I 1000% subscribe to that idea because I know I've been working my entire career for this, you know, big emerging leader recognition, right? But it's, it's really, it's more than that. And it really aligns with my work with high achievers When I reach out to them, I said, I don't want to know what I can Google about you because I don't need to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. I, that's the tip of the iceberg. I want to know everything below the waterline, what it took to get there. That's what I'm fascinated with. And the long game by Dory Clark really helps shape all of that. And I think she also gives some great concrete tools that people can use. So that's definitely a book that I highly recommend. Belonging by Dory Clark. The link is in the, the long game. Belonging. Yes. We have no affiliation, no affiliate link on that. I just want to say something that we share because we all have tools, strategies, techniques, something that can help each other out. So that's a big part of of the show sharing. And I've learned a lot. So that's a, that's another book on my on my list. Now, thank you. Um, belonging. 
Dory Clark, and the link is in the show notes. Um, now, if if someone, so I know that you have your your upcoming book, um, which is coming out, the Success Factor, uh, is going to be published in January. People can pre-order it now. Um, if you can expand on how, where can people find it, and uh, what can people can what people can expect from the book we already mentioned a bit but if you can restate it that would be great sure so the book is called the success factor wherever you love buying books amazon barnes and noble walmart wherever you enjoy buying books that's where they have it um and i would love if you got a copy left a rating and review it really talks about these four elements of success but it it has the profiles and shares the personal stories of these extreme high achievers, the Nobel Prize winners, astronauts, Olympic champions, CEOs, Tony Award winners, to really figure out what has made them so successful so that you can learn how to do this for yourself. Because nobody wakes up in the morning aiming to be average. People want to be successful. They just need the tools to do so. So go check it out. Check it out. The link is in the show notes. So the success factor can find it on Amazon, pre-order the book right now. When you have it, make sure you leave a review. Reviews are the, uh, like for the show, for books, uh, they, they are the oxygen of uh, every content That's creator. Right. So if you like it, take, take a couple of minutes uh, to, to write that review. Def- definitely makes it. Makes I'd it appreciate easier. it. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely do that and get my copy and, uh, and then write the review. So Dr. Ruth, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here on the show. Now it is time to wrap it up with a final message. If there is a, a final message that you want to leave that everyone that could summarize a bit of the conversation that we had and the final message you want to leave people with, what would it be? Nobody wakes up in the morning aiming to be average. People want to be successful. They just need a plan with options that will work for them. And the success factor is that blueprint. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Ruth Gautian, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for um, uh, sharing your wisdom. Uh, Definitely got a lot of notes out of the interview today and um, very practical points. So I'm going to straight on implementation now. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening or watching the Explode Your Expert Business show. Um, if you have not uh, subscribed to the show, make sure you subscribe. Leave us a review. As I mentioned, reviews are the oxygen of our show. So we can have other incredible guests like Dr. Ruth today. And uh, you can do it for the show. Or if you want, you can do it for my ego. I really appreciate a good review. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that too. <laughs> I'm not saying no. <laughs> All right. Having said that, always remember that together we grow exponentially. I'll see you next time. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you make sure you give us a review it means the world to us and that's how you can help us grow the show also remember to download the expert business checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field the link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iphone checklist so it's gtex.events forward slash expert iphone 
checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.